0: This is ILX...
1: to our product in 15 minutes podcast series in which we explore some of our most popular and most talked about products in great detail. This time we're delving into ITIL 4. Akshay Anand, Axelos' ITIL product ambassador, is going to take you through what ITIL 4 is all about, what it covers, how it's different from version 3 and how you can use it to benefit your organisation's current ways of working. We hope you enjoy the podcast and if you're listening through our website then we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher if you'd prefer to listen that way and make sure you subscribe while you're there and if you're listening through Apple Podcasts please leave a rating and a review if you can as it helps others to find the podcast more easily. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts in this series and if you want to get in touch with us all of our contact details will be at the end.
0: So, hi. Um, thanks for having me. My name is Akshay Anand. I'm the product ambassador for ITIL at Axelos. I've been a service management consultant for about 20 years, uh, mostly in the US and the UK. And I joined Axelos a couple of years ago to be part of their product development team. Um, my role shifted very slightly um, about a year ago. And so I now represent Axelos and ITIL at uh, various conferences, partner events, workshops, etc., um, around the world to promote good practice in, in service management. Earlier this year, a, a very clever Dutch gentleman said that um, my role was that of a professional conference attendee for axelos And he, not not far from the truth, it has to be said. So uh, some people ask me, uh, you know, what is ITIL? What's it about? Um, ITIL is a, a Collection of best practices in the field of IT service management. It was um, originally a framework that was developed within um, the British government, um, various uh, public sector, civil services, and uh, military, and so on. From there, it caught on in the private sector and has since uh, ballooned into its own industry. And at, at its core, it's about uh, service management uh, applied to IT. Services are, are, are a way of delivering value to consumers by allowing them to realize uh, certain outcomes that they want to want to achieve uh, without having to own specific costs or risks. So, Uh, An example could be that of a a ride-sharing service like uh, Uber or Lyft or or something similar. Uh, I, as a consumer of that service, uh, am able to get from point A to point B, but I don't have to own a car. I don't have to worry about uh, parking or not finding parking. So I avoid certain costs and risks whilst achieving the outcomes I want to achieve, and that's what generates value. So that's what we describe as a service, uh, a means of creating value by uh, achieving beneficial outcomes without the customer having to own specific costs and risks and the design, development, operations, and ongoing improvement and management of services is what is collectively referred to as service management. There's been three prior iterations of ITIL, uh, versions one, two, and three, uh, starting from back in the early 90s, and there was a minor update to ITIL version three in 2011. There was also uh, a book called ITIL Practitioner, which was published in 2016, which was, was slightly different from the normal publications, and I'll come to that in a bit. And so what we're working on right now is uh, ITIL 4. Really, the the intention is to make sure that ITIL is still uh, fit for purpose. It's still fit for use. uh, It reflects uh, best practice in uh, today's uh, service management. We have certain ways of working, certain tools that didn't exist five or 10 years ago. And as these technologies change, as the impacts of technological change impact us, we have to make sure that our collection of best practices continuously evolves to keep up with uh, these trends. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Um, back in the day, for the, for those of you who have as much gray hair as I do, uh, you may remember that software used to be literally shipped from place to place. You know, it was literally put in boxes onto ships or airplane uh, pallets and shipped around the world. And so if something was wrong, if there was a bug or a critical bug or, or, or an issue with that software, the cost of recalling those boxes and those floppy disks or CDs, the cost of issuing an update, the time it would take for that update to, be, uh, to propagate around the world was astronomical. And so that was the risk profile of IT organizations then. Fast forward to today, where we have uh, broadband certainly almost ubiquitous in um, Europe and U.S. and parts of Asia. And, of course, our fine friends in Australia and New Zealand. And we have uh, other technologies like um, AWS or or cloud computing platforms and so on. So the cost of recovering from bad software is dramatically less, which is to say that the way we manage our services also has to change to keep pace with new ways of working. New technologies and so on. So the vision for ITIL 4 is to reflect the current state of best practice. It's to provide people who have been along the ITIL journey with us through the years a surety of of knowing what best practice looks like today, as well as where the industry is going is heading, so that they can prepare themselves for a way forward. So one of the pieces of information that we've already released through our partners like ILX has been about the ITIL 4 certification structure and content structure. Briefly put, we have idle Foundation at the very start, similar to today, where learners can come away with uh, information about uh, key concepts and definitions and, and terminology. Following from Foundation, we have two tracks, uh, a specialist track and a leadership track. Uh, the specialist track has four modules and the leadership track has two modules, but in a cunning twist. There's actually one module that's common to both tracks. So really, we have five modules after foundation, four in one track, two in another, but with one common track between the two of them. In the specialist track, you will be learning about things like service management for high velocity IT, about creating, delivering and supporting services, about directing, planning and improving services and service organizations, as well as uh, driving stakeholder value. And in the Uh, leadership track, you'll be learning things about digital and IT strategy management and, and sort of the leadership level activities. Completing the four modules in the specialist track or completing the two modules in the leadership track gives you a designation, uh, ITIL Managing Professional and an ITIL Strategic Leader. These are, as I said, designations. There's no exam attached to it. So unlike uh, in ITIL V3, uh, where you had to finish uh, or get 17 points of credits um, before taking MALC, which is a separate course with an exam and a certificate attached to it, with ITIL four, you need to pass the four modules in Managing Professional or two modules in Strategic Leader, and you automatically get the designation. There is no additional exam that needs to be taken. The way I like to describe ITIL, when somebody asks me how it's useful and how it fits in with other qualifications, I am an enthusiastic killer of plants, otherwise known as an amateur gardener. And in my garden, I've got what is known as a, a pergola which is uh, uh, sort of like a trellis or a a bit more of an elaborate structure than just a trellis. And on that pergola, I have uh, various pins and wires and other bits of scaffolding that I can then train my plants along so that when they bloom in the summer, the whole thing looks brilliant and that's for me a, a, an analogy of how all these various frameworks and methods fit together to me agile is that pergola it defines the shape of the organi- of the structure i'm trying to create it uh, is something that the overall vision will be realized from for me agile is 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 that pergola it's that it's that shape the scaffolding Uh, the wires, the pins, and so on. Those are methods that then rely on a solid firm foundation of service management. So things like um, project management, uh, DevOps, um, agile ways of working, uh, supplier and procurement manager, or multi-sourcing management, and so on. These all rely on a solid foundation, uh, a common taxonomy across the uh, organization, a common information model across the organization, and, and so on. And then the services or the products that I offer, those are akin to the plants that I train along that scaffolding. So I use ITIL to establish common terminology and concepts and ways of working that teams um, using agile techniques or DevOps uh, techniques, uh, CICD technologies, whatever it might be, can use to create the beautiful uh, products and services that realize the, the, the vision that uh, the organization has. So I, I find that analogy works. Um, hope, hopefully you listeners do as well. Let me know. And so for me, that, that's the value of ITIL. It's, it's, it's foundational, it's fundamental, um, and it is useful no matter what way you choose to work in, in development or operations or, or support. And so with ITIL 4 Foundation, we're looking to introduce learners to a, a key concepts, terminology, but also give them very practical tools that they can take away and start to use the next day. And we, we, we think we have a good balance between the two. Uh, one of the things that was very well received in ITIL practitioner was the guiding principles. Uh, things like uh, start where you are, focus on value, uh, ways of working that everybody from the service desk analyst to the CEO really can can use to structure their, their ways of working and their decision making. We, we received such good feedback that we decided that really this needs to be part of the foundation uh, syllabus. And so with Idle 4 Foundation, you will find that your learners and the people that you send away to, to learn about Idle Foundation can come back and start to use these ways of working or start to look at ways of improving uh, how your team, how your organization uh, works for the betterment of the, the, the whole organization.
1: Hello, just briefly interrupting the podcast for a moment to let you know that if you want to know a little bit more information about how ITIL is used around the world, things like how many people use it and how it benefits their organisation, then you can check out our new infographic, which is available to download via our website, a link for which is in the show notes of this podcast. Thanks, now back to the podcast.
0: The topic of project management and service management also comes up quite a bit. Project management is a a way of, to me, I'm I'm not a project management expert. So for me, project management is a way of structuring your thinking around the outcomes you want to achieve, whether those are outputs, as in um, software or contracts or or, or live services that then deliver the outcomes that your organization wants. So there's definitely a, a... Uh, an interaction between project management and service management where projects and project management can be used to build or deliver, uh, more generally, service components, whether they are contracts with third parties, whether they are uh, software um, applications, whether it's even uh, creating a whole new team and an organization and managing everything that a team needs to be successful, from recruitment to facilities to the technologies that they need and and so on. So there's definitely an intersection here between project management and and service management. There are a few common misconceptions and anti-patterns, if you will, in in service management. The most common misconception I think people have about ITIL is that it's a collection of processes. If you read through the literature we have uh, in ITIL V3 in 2011, it describes a far more holistic way of achieving the goals stated under various processes. So the the goal of incident management is to minimize um, customer impact by recovering from incidents as quickly as possible, which is not just about the processes. It's about the people working in that space, the skills they may need, different uh, organizational structures that may uh, aid or hinder uh, that goal, um, types of tools and technologies you can use, the type of information that you may need. And so the, the guidance, even though even though. It's called the incident management process. The guidance itself is not just about the process. It's about a whole lot of other things. And and that's led to some unfortunate uh, anti-patterns and behaviors. We've seen people adopt a, a view of the book says, and the book is the only way to do something. Whereas ITIL is always stressed, uh, adapt and adopt and continually improve to suit the context of the organization. So this, this has manifested itself in several, uh, as I said, anti-patterns. Um, the first is the watermelon SLA, which uh, for those who don't know that phrase, uh, the watermelon is green on the outside, but red on the inside. So we have service providers who are showing uh, status reports where everything is green. They think they're performing brilliantly, but the moment you cut into that and look at what's actually happening it's all red and this is this is because what the outcomes that the customers expect are not aligned with the outputs that the service provider is being managed against and there are many reasons this could happen. Uh, a lot of times, working in a commercial uh, setting, service providers are trying to manage their own costs, risks, and ensure predictability of delivery, which doesn't mean that they can innovate or do crazy and interesting things if the customer demands it because they are trying to adhere to a contract. Because at the end of the day, some somebody's going to come and say, well, you didn't follow the, the procedures set out in the contract. Never mind that you actually did right by the business. You failed from an audit and compliance standpoint. That sort of thing drives bad behavior. Uh, The second anti-pattern is ITIL implementations, quote-unquote, or by-the-numbers implementations. ITIL has always been about adapt and adopt guidance and continually improving it. It's never been about a linear roadmap that says, you know, start here and then do this next and then do that next and so on. I think a lot of organizations, because of time and cost pressures, perhaps don't invest quite so much into improvement or understanding how to adapt and adopt the the guidance. And as a result, there's been a whole industry that sprung up that's offered, um, quote-unquote, ITIL in the box. So implement this tool, and you will have idle processes. And so people have gotten accustomed to thinking that they can implement ITIL. What they're implementing is a tool, and they're being forced to follow a predefined process. Another one is... Um, Endless maturity improvement projects. I used to be a consultant, as I said, and one of the things I've never really liked doing is vanity projects where you're trying to say that we improved our maturity from level two to level three. A lot of times, that's just the CIO trying to score points with all due respect because in some cases what the business needs is actually level two done more consistently not level three and so these maturity improvement projects become endless pits of money very nice for consultants but it's not really beneficial for the business who's paying for it uh and so adopting an iterative continual improvement mindset is far more useful than pursuing big bang maturity improvement projects and the last one and and I think this applies not just to ITIL, but I would say nearly every other framework out there is. uh, No framework is that single silver bullet that will solve all the organization's issues. There is no one ring to rule them all. There is no multi-purpose sonic screwdriver, none of that. Um, organizations have to understand that each framework has its place. Each framework has places that they shouldn't be taken into. And it's about how to make all these different methods, different frameworks, different ways of working fit together um, as a seamless whole. Like I said, the pergola with the scaffolding and the plants. It's all part of one cohesive whole, and you've got to figure out how to make it all work together. Uh, Somebody once asked me um, back in my consulting days, where should I start with ITIL? And should I start with incident management? Should I start with request management or service desk or, or whatever it might be? I would say start with continual service improvement. Start with uh, developing a a register of things that you need to improve. Prioritize that according to the needs of the business and then start executing on that. So you might start by improving incident management and then switch to service level management and then switch to demand management and then go to request management. You can go any any direction you want. You don't have to follow a prescribed route of trying to do all of service strategy first and then all of service design and then all of service transition and all of service operations the Continual Improvement Register is the best place to start. Topics like Continual Improvement, Adapt and Adopt are at the very heart of ITIL 4, and it's my fervent hope that people understand this message and um, that they, uh, that we, collectively as an industry, improve the way we work. So just to, just to wrap things up, uh, ITIL 4 is coming. We're very excited to be able to show you what we've been working on in the first quarter of next year. At the same time, we're, we're continuing to work on other pieces of content, other pieces of guidance in the content structure that I talked about earlier. And so if any of you are interested in being part of an advisory group, uh, helping us to author or review materials or write exam questions, even, please do get in touch either through the fine folks at ILEX or um, I'm sure you can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, we'd love to have you as part of the, uh, the Idle 4 journey. Uh, so thank you
1: thank you for listening to this podcast we hope you've enjoyed it and if so don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can also check out our website it's ilxgroup.com or you can follow us on social media if you like we are ilxgroup on facebook linkedin and google plus and at ilxgroup on twitter and if you want to get in touch with us you can also send an email to contact us at ilxgroup.com or well, you can give us a call on 01270 611 600 if you're in the UK. one 459 459 for Australia. zero nine three six three nine triple seven 9 363 for New Zealand. And 0-561-496-498 for the United Arab Emirates.